Welcome to Massive Attack. Welcome to my world. Episode 19. The long awaited. It's been a bit of a hiatus between Welcome to My World episodes. It has. And we finally, and I'll introduce you in a sec, don't worry, finally got around to the well-talked about Excalibur. So with me, who I sat down and watched with, with my trusted co-host, Joe. Hello. Hello, Mitch. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It has, it's taken us a few months, but we finally did it. And I really don't know why we picked Excalibur, because I hadn't seen it before. And then when we sat down to watch it tonight, I was like, so you've got fond memories of this from when you were a kid? And you were like, but I've never watched it either. No. So I, I had memories of it, as far as I remember it very bright. It wasn't as bright as I remember. Nothing in the movie I remembered. So my memory of it was this fake version of it. I never knew anything of the plot, but I just remember it being very shiny and a lot of reflection, light reflections on very shiny armour. That that that. was the only thing I had Hmm. from it, and that was about it. I think I could remember maybe even a trailer of it or something where you saw the hand come out of the water holding the sword. I don't remember that. No, I don't know. But anyway, Excalibur was... A 1981 film by director and producer, John Borman. Yeah. Who, we're, we're working through his oeuvre. We are. He had previously done Deliverance, which we talked about on uh, Bert Reynolds' episode. Mm-hmm. And he also did Zardos, which we did for our Z episode of the A to Z. Yes. what else comes with Z, really? Mm. But he did this in 1981. It is based on the Legends of King Arthur. Yes. I didn't really know a lot about the story of King Arthur, so a lot of this movie didn't make a lot of sense. Well, I had to watch while reading the wiki that gave me the synopsis of what was going on, and and me too with the whole Arthurian legend, I'm not au fait with it. Hmm. Now, I thought you would be more, considering you're Welsh, that you'd be close to that, where (laughs) being in Australia, we don't really have this sort of stuff. Well, I don't think it's Welsh, and I'm not Welsh. (laughs) I think it comes from, like, middle of England, isn't it? The Midlands? set in Cornwall, which is... you no, know, one of the characters' name was Cornwall. The castle they were storming was in Cornwall. Was it? Yes, that's why he was Cornwall. Ah. He was the king of. Maybe I should know more of it then because I was born in Cornwall. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway. a very I knew nothing about the Arthurian. I know there was a round table. I know there was a Lancelot. I know it's not true. Yep. And that's about it until I watched Sword in the Stone only recently, the Disney animated film. But that's very much about Merlin mentoring a very young Arthur. And it's him getting the sword out of the stone and teaching him sort of things and and sort of that's it. He doesn't do the whole later story. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of versions of the Arthurian legend and what little I read on the wiki, it's pulled from lots of different versions and different characters are doing different things in this version. There's no one true version because it didn't happen. Yep. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, so the basic plot of this is it does cover Arthur being born mm-hmm. with Merlin being involved in the birth. Yes. Well, not through, literally in the birth. But. No, but the conception through shape-shifting and- Spells and- Body shape. swapping and stuff. Yeah. We then have the sword in the- Well, actually, even before we get to that, the sword in the stone, we get the sword in the lake and the lady of the lake. Yes. And is it Merlin that actually sticks it in the rock? No, no, no. It's it's um, Gabriel Byrne does it. That's right. Yes, yeah, he's he's real. Gabriel Byrne, his character, <laughs> Urine or something like that. He was he was in love with someone else. Wasn't it Uther? Like Luther without he the was L? Uther. That's yes. right. Yes, no, it was Urine that he dressed as, pretended to be. 
got the lady pregnant. Yep. And he said, oh, so Merlin made him look like this dude, got her up the duff. She had a baby and Merlin goes, you, I'll do this for you, but I get the whatever happens when you get the rumpy. Yeah. So he, she had, gives birth. And he's like, oh, he's mine now. He's Arthur. He's going to be future king. And he get, he's got... You know, Excalibur, you know, the, the sword that makes him king. Yep. He gets attacked. He's about to die and he goes, no one will be king. No one else can wield Excalibur except me. And he shoves it in the in the, um, in the the rock. Yep. Stone. Stone. Hence that legend, the sword in the rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, and that's cool. And then Arthur, you know, a couple of years later, goes, pulls it out, yoinks it out. Hey, you'll be king. John Luke Picard said so, so it must be true. Yep. And- Considering this movie was made in 1981, Patrick Stewart plays someone. I can't pronounce any of the no. names. I tried reading the wiki and it's like gay or something. But, yeah, he looks almost exactly the same as Jean-Luc Picard, only with slightly blacker stubble on the back of his head. Yes, well, I suppose it's only, what, 81, did you say? It's yeah. only eight years before, or even not less, six, seven years before Next Generation. Mm. But he still looks like that now. Yeah, but he looked kind of buff. Maybe it yeah. was the armour. He's a young, but yeah, anyway. strapping young man. Hmm. So he proclaims that Arthur should be the king He's because the he pulled king. the sword out of the stone. Yeah. And he and does. just sort of jumps king. forward in time where he just becomes the king. Yeah. Like there's one king with the sword to rule the land and all that. Sort of builds up an army, meets Lancelot. And it was weird because at that stage they were all wearing kind of black armour. Yeah. And even, actually even before he met Lancelot, they were all wearing that weird black armour. And he had that strange fight and he met some other dude that knighted him, didn't he? Or was that before he was king? No, he was king, but it was a fight. It yeah. sort of unified everybody. That's right. By, he gave him Excalibur and said, I am the king. Yeah. Here you go. And you should knight, knight me with my own sword. And he grabbed the sword and he yep. was going to kill him. And he's like, mm, no, this guy's got something. Yeah. No, and he does knight him. Yes. And the world prospered. Well, yeah, pretty much prospered. Yeah, for a little while. And then, yeah, that's when he met Lancelot. And Lancelot turns up in his shiniest of shiny armour and everyone else is wearing that matte black armour. Yeah. With those weird satellite dishes on the front of them. Yes. I'd love to know what they all meant. Yeah. As far as this movie goes, it just feels 80s. The costuming feels 80s. felt 70s in pacing and storytelling. There was 80s-ness there. It was creeping Hmm. in. There was no Giorgio Moroder soundtrack, but it could have been. It was Carl Orff soundtrack. Mm. So it's sort of, it's on that verge. It's no Lady Hawk. We're not into that sort of 80s fantasy yet. It's definitely got the 70s. He's definitely a 70s director. You can sort of tell by that. But to me, it just felt 80s. And even some of the costuming, like right at the very start, there was a dancing girl. And the knights were all watching her. And she was wearing like a very 80s looking singlet dress sort of thing. And it was like, I'm sure they wouldn't have worn that in the Middle Ages. Probably not. Mm. But yeah, so Arthur meets Lancelot. They have this big fight and Lancelot's like, I'm the toughest knight in the world. You can't beat me. I will only be the king if someone has bettered me. Mm. And it's a bit like Red Sonja. She will only sleep with the man who betters her. Yeah. And Excalibur breaks and he kind of gets pissed off and throws it in no, the water. No, he doesn't just break. He calls on the power of Excalibur to win because he was going to lose. Yeah. I see. I'm glad you read the wiki because yeah. just watching it, I had no yeah. idea. So, and, he, and he did. He broke through his stuff. No euphemism. Essentially killed Lancelot with it, but he yeah. broke Excalibur doing it. And Arthur was so ashamed, he threw it in the water, you know, that he misused his power for, you know, personal gain. Yes, because with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. And Lady of the Lake recognised that he felt shame for it and fixed it and gave it back to him because hmm. they were fighting in a creek. Handy 
very handy. She was the Lady of the Creek then, not the Lady of the Lake. The Waterways or something, you know. Huh. Lady of the Waterways. Yeah, Fjord. Hmm. Yeah, so it's all good. And Lancelot, she brought him back to life as well. So I don't know what this Lady of the Lake does. She's pretty powerful. Why aren't she doing more? Anyway. anyway. She's only got one arm, that's oh, why. Fair enough. Because you never see anything but this one arm come out of the water. It's in the water, a little special effect. Huh? Yep, so, okay. so when Lancelot came back, he goes, well, you bettered me in fight. You're, you're the man. You're my king now. And then the world prospered. Peace was done. Time passed. The round table was done. Camelot was formed. Everything was good. And then, ah, we didn't say this, but when the whole he was conceived, Arthur, years ago, what's his name? Merlin, you know, did the change. But there was a sister. Yes. Always a sister. And she saw it and goes, are you my daddy now kind of thing? Yeah. Because you're different. You're not. You you look like my dad, but you're not. This other. And um, she was sort of whipped away and she came back later in the form of Helen Merrin. Yeah. Very, very lovely Helen Merrin. Hmm. Mm, very. And again, her costuming was very 80s. It was great. Is what it was. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. it's very 80s. Um, and she's a wannabe wizard herself. Yes. She sort of, what's his name, meets Guinevere. They do all that thing. They get married and shit. Arthur. Arthur meets Guinevere. Yeah. Lancelot the, sees The star her. of the show. Yeah, And you can't remember no, his name. Arthur. the fucking sword. Okay. Anyway, it's called Excalibur. Yes. Which is the sword. All right. Yeah. Hmm. She meets Lancelot. Lancelot's charming as fuck. And she's like, I want that. So she wants, yeah, everything. So at the, at the, at the wedding, that's when Helen Merrin turns up and she talks to Merlin going, hey, I want to learn. Teach me some magic. And it's like, I know a little bit. And he tests her. And it's like, yeah, you do know your shit. That's all good. And then it all plays out. And Morgana, um, yep. yeah, which is her character, she's like fucking with it. I don't yeah. know why she's so pissed off, but she's pissed off. So she goes off. She gets in Liam Neeson's ear. A very young Neeson. Liam Neeson as well. Yeah. And she words him up. And he basically questions the king, which causes shit to go down. And then Lancelot and Liam Neeson have a massive fight. It all sort of fucks up. Yeah. Then, you know, all this shit happens anyway. He fucks off. All this shit. The, the place goes to shit. Like, the world goes to shit. Like, famines. Famine and, and pestilence. Yeah, and, and all that yeah. sort of crap. So, he sends out on the crusade. Arthur sends his knights out to go find me the fucking Holy Grail because that'll fix everything. Yep. So, Percy, which is one of the Percival. Knights, Percy, anyway. Yep. He goes off, finds the Holy Grail, which is handy, and comes back, saves everything. Yeah, it kind of makes that analogy that if the king's well, the land is well and makes him drink from the chalice. And it's a massive chalice too. It was. Uh, interestingly, though, there's a lot of effects as far as ageing people. Yep. And when I say effects, it's actually practical effects. Make so they makeup and dyeing their hair grey and that sort of stuff. But Merlin never gets old. No. Because he is travelling through time. Well, that's never played in this, but in the book by Mallory, which was for what, 1500s mm-hmm. or something, he was playing through time. He was existing and going to other times. So, but also the magic was keeping him young because at the end Morgana sort of, he made her use the dragon's breath and her doing that used all her energy and she aged because she hadn't aged. Yeah. And she did and died. Well, she didn't die because of the ageing. Her son came in, freaked out, and strangled her. Well, so you've jumped ahead a little bit there because the plot's a plot. The plot is just all over the place. But to cut a long story short, Morgana captures Merlin in some weird crystals in the phallic cave. Yeah. Or as you put it, the organic dildo factory. Yeah, that's what it looked like. And then she has a baby because she kind of morphs herself into Guinevere and has sex with Arthur and then kind of turns back and says, ha-ha, now we're having a baby. Yeah. 
despite the fact that they're brother Some and sister. The future king, yes. The baby grows up to be Charlie Borman, yep. who is John Borman's son, obviously, who went on to do the long way around with Ewan McGregor. And then some other kid plays him when he's a teenager and the teenager version wages war on Arthur and the plot just goes all over the place. Yeah. Like, it is a very long movie. It's two hours and 20 minutes. Yep. The fact that I hadn't seen it before, I probably should have been concentrating more than I was, but it doesn't hold your attention quite well. No. And as you said, it, it was lucky that you had that wiki that you found that gave the full plot synopsis because a lot of it just <coughs> didn't make any sense at all. No, it didn't make sense to my stupid brain. Now, if I was seeing it in a cinema, I probably would have paid a bit of attention, but we were making jokes, so many comparisons to um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, yeah. which makes sense because it's the fucking... Same basic the story. Arthurian legend, yeah. so... It, it, I'm walking at it going, that's straight out of the Holy Grail. It's like, ah, oh, it must be based on the, th- the, you know, the that, thing. That's yeah. why they did it, mm. you know. So stuff like that. I was like, okay, fair enough. I'll pay. I'll pay. I'm definitely intrigued about more Arthurian stuff now. Yeah, I don't I, know. But I want someone to tell me what a good one is. Is there a good version? You said the Guy Ritchie is like you. Well, I didn't get very far in the Guy, Guy Ritchie one because it was too Guy Ritchie. And there's the Richard Gere, Lancelot movie, which I don't want to sit through, but I'm intrigued. It's like mm. I don't have that time in my life to sit through that, but I kind of want to. Yeah, see, now so, what we've done is like bad one. we've come to the end of our 80s fantasy and now we're kind of doing this little spin-off where we're probably going to go on this King Arthur tangent. No, I, I don't think I will. I want to. Mm. I just don't think I will. As far as movie making goes, though, production of this was pretty well done. Yeah, there was no obvious map paintings or anything like that. The only dodgy they had is like a blood sunsetty sort of thing, which looked was a bit yeah. of a dodgy effect. But everything was pretty practical. All the sets. The only thing they had was there was a weird green glow on things, and it wasn't like lightsaber glow. It was just like let's get a green torch for the cellophane lamp and plant it under here so you don't see it. So yeah, it wasn't had like, a weird green yeah. light show on it yeah, for so some reason. It didn't represent anything. It just That was about well, it. Kind of the sword was glowing in that green way when yeah. they first saw it. But, yeah, it wasn't like they superimposed the glow into the negatives before they made the movie. It was no, like no, no. they just they shone it. a torch on it and filmed it. The costuming was pretty good. Oh, it was pretty full on. There was lots of the suits of armor, huge and bulky. The fight scenes were awkward. Yeah, because it was dudes in big ass suits of armor. Now maybe that's what it would have been like back then. And they're hitting each other with maces, and because you couldn't really swing hard, yeah, and they they obviously didn't really want to kill the other actors. It just sort of looked a bit lame, but they were sort of fighting it off. But maybe suits of armor, maybe that's what it was like. Some mm. of the the fights, like in the bit at the end where the son stabs him with the the spear, mm. you could kind of see that he was holding the spear under his arm rather than having it go through. Him. Oh, that should be a cool bit. I mean, we've seen all that stuff before, where yeah. it's like he's on the spike, he's been speared by the by a pike or what is it spear, yeah, and he pulls himself along the spear to get closer to the guy and stabs him with Excalibur. Yeah, it's like, oh, that could be really big and dramatic, and he didn't do that. Other things were sort of weird choices. Like what you'd see in modern filmmaking or even what you get from 80s filmmaking. Exactly. You'd expect yeah. more. So it's, it, it is very 70s in a lot of ways. We saw a bit of sack. Yeah. Yeah, we got to see Lancelot's sack. It's like <laughs> it was unnecessary. It's like he got up, he's nude. So like, oh, that's great. It's like, I'll oh, put the legs together. Oh. It was, it was, that's why I say it's very 70s. Yeah. It was very, um, you know, equal playing field when it came to the nudity on this one. Hmm. Um, I'm glad we saw it. 
I'm, I am too because I didn't, I didn't hate it. It wasn't terrible. No, I'm glad I read it because otherwise I would have been a bit confused. But it was fun watching it with you. Where the other post, if I watched it by myself, I would have been totally lost and checking my phone yeah. for anything else but that movie. It's weird though because bits of it kind of felt like it wanted to be a comedy, and I don't know if that's because we were just sitting there making jokes about their accents and just some of the delivery. Yeah, and I think Merlin played it for laughs to a point because his voice would change. He'd have this very big commanding voice and yep. then he'd sort of do humory sort of asides, but not not comedic comedic, but it was sort of like he was a strange character who you didn't quite know where he was at. And I think that's Merlin is meant to be that sort of character anyway. Hmm. Yeah. He was no Mr. Merlin. God, no. And it, it, that makes more sense now. Now that I know, because I watched Sword in the Stone with a friend of mine who had read the Mallory book. And apparently it was quite fascinating because he in the Disney movie, he goes through all like morphing. He turns into a bird and a fish and this and that, and he's learning all these certain things. And that happens in the book. And his description of the flight of birds is quite amazing. And I thought, he would have done that through observation. He wouldn't have video or photos or anything back then. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Like, apparently they're very am- like, the descriptions are amazing. Okay. And it's like, wow, good on you, Mallory. Hmm. Well done. I could be totally wrong here, but this is my take on it. Yeah, so that's there. But there's also brought up this whole thing that Merlin time travels. He's, that's why he's not always there. He'll turn up when he needs to be a bit gandalfy in that way. And looks exactly the same. Yeah. But now the show Mr. Merlin, which you're referencing, which I'm getting much more excited about now, was an 80s comedy? Yeah, it was a comedy. Yeah. It was about an old dude. Was it a mechanic? Was he a mechanic? I think so. And a young guy, his probably was named Arthur. I never would have picked up on that. Wasn't it Arthur or something like that? Probably. Hmm. Yeah, and they would have hijinks. He would be at school and he became his teacher or something. Something, yeah. I don't know. I, I can remember watching it when I was a kid, but I don't remember it well enough. So no, I probably only watched it when it was on and I never watched it yeah, again. Them driving in a motorbike with a sidecar, an old guy, young guy, they're friends, they laugh, they have hijinks and stuff. And it's like... Well, of course, that's what happens when he goes to the future. He makes friends with this dude in a college that's not Scott Baio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I never watched the show Merlin. No. So I don't know what that was like. No. All right. Well, I'm glad we watched it, as you said. It wraps up our 80s fantasy nicely. I have no idea what we're going to do next for Welcome to My World, but now we've kind of put this to bed. It gives us an opportunity to move on. Yes, we need to move on. Yes. Because I think the fact that we were putting this off and putting this off meant that we hadn't had a Welcome to My World since November last year. Mm. So that being said, who knows what we're going to come up with next. We are going to be back in another few weeks with a normal episode. And unless you've got anything else to add to the Ethereal Legend and Excalibur. Mm, no. The music was pretty good. One particular music. Yes. But yeah. All righty. Cool. Well, thank you, Mitch. Thank and we'll you. be back in a couple of weeks. No worries. Bye. Right, bye-bye.